life again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith, and it is the Holly and Steve show, as I've been uh, told to say from now on, because uh, I've got no arguments, Holly, to be fair, like, I, I'll have to get John to change it on the flyer, uh, but uh, welcome to you, Holly, um, great to, to see you, and uh, as the dark rain clouds uh, hover over Tyneside, uh, it's got a bit of a doom and gloom feeling about it already, hasn't it? We haven't even kicked the ball in anger yet. I know. Well, I suppose it's just a reflection of our uh, transfer window. Yeah, I think you're right. Plenty to talk about, as always. Seven uh, days uh, gone since we last sat here on a Monday night and uh, talked about Newcastle United. And uh, we've been on the road, haven't we? We've uh, we've been to a couple of games in in the last seven days. And uh, yeah, I mean, what's your overall you know feeling about our pre-season? One more game to go, of course. Norwich City at home on Saturday, but what's What's your overall feeling about the pre-season so far, Holly? Um, I'm pretty indifferent about it, to be honest. I think it could have been better, it could have been worse. We've had a couple of games where you think, my God, I can't believe we've played like that. But I haven't got too caught up on it because it is just pre-season. And then um, the last game against Burton, we looked pretty decent. Of course, it's not a fair comparison because it is a League One side, which we've got to remember. But I think the Norwich game will certainly show us, I think, how we're going to go into the next season. But... We've got to remember as well, we've relied a lot on youth as well. It hasn't really been a first team. Of course, we've had COVID problems and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think we've been OK, to be honest. I think it could have been a lot worse and we've certainly had worse pre-seasons. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, from my perspective, um, you know, pre-season, like Mick, Mick Lowe's has said at the weekend, it's it's there really to blow the cobwebs out, to, to get fitness up, etc. And, you know, nothing can be read too much into pre-season. And, of course, the main game is when, you know, we face West Ham and St James's Park uh, in two weeks' time. So, you know, as long as we get a result in that game, nobody will be too bothered about what happened in pre-season. But Jacob Murphy's been good. Um, obviously, the goalkeeper situation's been a bit of a nightmare with uh, regards to Dan Langley having to play a couple of games. And, uh, you know, obviously, Woodman being back in the nets now is uh, something which some people will be happy about, other people would be concerned about. But I think, obviously, you know, the whole uh, pre season has been, you know, it's been one of, of interest for me because. You know, we've had, uh, we've had to play without Willock, of course. Uh, Willock was on loan at Newcastle United and, and did so well. Um, the midfield, I know it's probably going to drive people up the wall, but Hendrick's been playing uh, the majority of the games. Obviously, Shelby's not, not available for selection at the minute. So, it's um, yeah, it, it, it's been interesting. Really impressed with Murphy. Um, I, I've got to be perfectly honest. Uh, and, and, and I just think, you know, nothing's changed up front at, Probably more annoyed with anything that, you know, the Bruce seems to think we're OK up front. It's, it's a position which we all know we're going to struggle in if Callum Wilson gets injured. And, and that is my biggest concern. We we don't, you know, don't seem to have learned from the last couple of seasons. And, and not having a not having a straight partner for Wilson is one thing, but not actually having any cover if he gets injured, which, you know, he starts to tell you he does get injured quite a bit, is, is a big concern going into the new season. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm hoping that in terms of the partnership, Ryan Fraser syncs up well with him and that works for the new season because that, of course, is the potential that it's about all we've got to kind of run with at the moment. So you're hoping that they kind of link up well into the new season. But that has been a problem for years now, a backup striker, because we just haven't had one. And you're relying on probably Dwight Gale as number two and he's just he's championship quality. And we've said this for years now, so we clearly haven't learned from our mistakes. Midfield's just as bad. If we don't sign Joe Willock, then... The midfield is just, it's not Premier League quality either. And that's the problem. It then puts pressure onto the defence because the midfield aren't doing their role, which just makes it 10 times harder. And the goalkeeper situation, of course, um, I'm hoping that, you know, your likes of your Dubravkas and your Darlows are going to be back for the new season. Because Langley, for me, yes, he's still young, but he doesn't he doesn't really do anything for me personally. I can't see him having a future on the first team anytime soon, that's for sure. And Woodman... Um, you know, I haven't seen a great deal of him. Obviously, we're watching in the friendlies. I don't think it was anything amazing. And I don't think he actually fits in well with that team. And I don't think he's got a good connection to the fans either. So, to be honest, I'd be quite happy to let him go. Yeah, I mean, it was it was funny, wasn't it, when we were uh, at the friendly the other night. The, <laughs> the fans singing Woodman, Woodman, give us a wave. He uh, he, he didn't really wave. He's sticking his thumb up. Like that. It was funny. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, he clearly... 
clearly somebody who's had his run-ins with a manager, I think, is probably the best way to describe Woodman. Um, and, and, and if he's not been made to feel wanted, then, you know, the likelihood of him wanting to, you know, wanting to stay, you know, is, is something which probably has a lot of fans, you know, questioning whether he is loyal to the club. I mean, I've seen something in the Chronicle and I state that he's looking forward to his unexpected chance. But, um, yeah, we'll watch the goalkeeping scenario with interest. Good evening to John uh, from QTech. Uh, still in hospital, but on the mend. Uh, get well soon, John. Uh, good, good to see you in the chat there tonight, mate. And um, everyone, pleased that your uh, recovery uh, is, is is slow, but it's happening, mate, which uh, which is good. And uh, Tom Lynch, love this message. He says, "Evening, everyone. I'm currently turning back the clock by playing the 1991 database on Football Manager, a time when Newcastle United was a mess of a club, lacking ambition and going nowhere." How things change. You had the irony in that, uh, Tom, and uh, the fact that I've had to live through both of these is uh, probably even more annoying for me and you, mate. Uh, to be perfectly honest. Okay, let's uh, let's change tact a little bit and move subjects. And um, something that Holly uh, sent me today, I hadn't I hadn't seen this, but um, obviously this is a quote from Callum Wilson in the Evening Chronicle, and he says, "I think Graham Jones coming in as a coach in January." definitely complimented the manager because he's a little bit more tactically aware and up-to-date, whereas the manager has his different strengths and attributes. When you see the results towards the back end of the season and the way we were in games, we had more of a style and philosophy. That will happen from the start of the season with a good coach around to help out the previous coaches. So, Holly, what did you make of that? I think it's the politest possible way of saying Steve Bruce is a shit manager. That's basically what it is. Um, I can't believe of all people, Callum Wilson was the one to say it. I mean, good on him for speaking the truth, but I just didn't expect it to come from him. But it just, it backs up what we've thought for the whole, like, two years he's been here. Well, the third season coming up, he's just, you know, we all know that he doesn't have a tactical game plan. He's not really someone that kind of works on style of play. He's just a kind of, he has a football player game kind of manager, which is, very behind the times, it doesn't work anymore. Maybe it worked in the 80s and stuff, but that's long gone now when he, he just hasn't moved on with the game, unfortunately for him. Graham Jones, of course, getting a lot of praise again, at much to Bruce's annoyance, I could imagine, but we all know that. I mean, Graham Jones, you see when he came back for that Burton friendly, we just played a little bit better. Our corners are better. We're just a more organised team. Everything just works so much better when Graham Jones is there. He was certainly a big miss for the few games when he was on holiday, so I'm glad he's back. Yeah, me too. Evening, Nathan. Good to see you, mate. Hopefully get you on a match day live at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole thing with Steve Bruce is, is, is obviously going to run and run, isn't it? I mean, he's not a popular choice uh, when he came in. Of course, nobody would be replacing uh, the previous manager. However, um, you know, it has to be said that he's just come in and done his job to the best of his ability with very little financial uh, support. I mean, the first time that he came in, of course, the decision had already been made to spend £40 million on Joe Linton. Uh, we've spoken about that many times on the show, but it does look as if he's been hung out to dry in this particular window, not being given any money uh, at all, really. And um, obviously had to get a few off the wage bill uh, to you know, potentially do some business. We're being linked with um, various players. Uh, pointless even talking about them because a lot of it's just paper talk. Um, you know, we just want to see players getting in and coming across the line and, and just got to hope and pray that they're better than some of the rubbish that we've had to let go in the summer. So, you know, the, the worry is that we've let a few go and it's it's a weakened squad whether those players were any good or not in numbers, if nothing else. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess the question is, what does Steve Bruce actually do um, if he is no good at coaching? What does he do? Is he a good man-manager? Well, I would say he probably isn't because we all know that he had fallouts with at least four players last season who really didn't come back you know, under the, the club umbrella, if you like, until Graham Jones arrived at the club. So if you're not a good man-manager and you're not a good coach, what is Steve Bruce actually doing at Newcastle United, Holly? Probably he's just cooking bacon sarnies, to be fair. You know, that's what he talks about in his press conferences. So I think he's just getting a massively high wage for being a chef by the sounds of it. Um, but yeah, I don't see what he adds to Newcastle in all seriousness. I think the first season, it was probably a little bit easier for him because the players would have still kind of been under Rafa Benitez's kind of um, tactics, I think it's fair to say, and they still would have had that kind of like well-drilled 
kind of in the defence, especially, we were still pretty solid. But then obviously after a year of him gone, it was again to Steve Bruce, he started to change things up. Um, it didn't go well, obviously, we were in that relegation battle. Graham Jones came in, saved the day, thankfully. And I'm just pleased that we're going into the new season with him as well, because I think that fills me with a lot more confidence about staying up. But it is frustrating that Bruce is basically just sitting there more of like just an interference because I could imagine if Graham Jones was on the touchline, he'd be doing a hell of a lot more than Bruce, who half the time you don't even see him like see him say five words even throughout the whole 90 minutes. He just kind of stands there and, well, I don't even know what he does, just looks. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It's strange. And I mean, uh, Graham Jones, of course, was back on Friday night down at Burton. And, you know, Holly had her eyes peeled. I didn't see him, but he was there. And it was subsequently backed up by the local media after that. But, um, yeah, I mean, he definitely has made a difference. But he's a coach who can, you know, obviously dictate, you know, how our season, you know, starts. And that is the key, really, having a good start to the season. But, yeah, Steve Bruce, um, I guess... The one thing he does do is not upset Mike Ash, uh, Mike Ashley, you know, which you know is is, is probably the key. He's, he's a yes man. He'll say he'll say what he has to say to stay in the job. And I, I guess until the time comes that you know, you know we either have a takeover of some description or there is um, you know a poor poor run and and, and heads roll. We're stuck with Steve Bruce. We've just got to accept it. So you know it's pointless getting on his back. And I mean. You know, down at down at Burton, uh, Rotherham as well. A lot of fans turned against Steve Bruce. It has to be said. But there was a bizarre moment when, on our right hand side, the fans were getting at Bruce, and on the left hand side, people were, you know, telling Bruce to give him a wave. So it, it's not. It has to be said. It's not all supporters. It's there's a there's a you know a lot of supporters want to see Bruce out. But I guess the big the big thing is you know who were we going to get in because nobody wanted the job, Holly. Originally, he was eleventh choice. Yeah, this is the problem, and that's why I don't really get on his back too much at games. Of course, sometimes, you know, you do join in with the chance and stuff, and I do want him gone, but realistically, if he was to leave now, who's going to come in? There's no one that's going to want that job that's of any quality. So it would either get someone on the same level as Bruce or worse, because I don't think a lot of people saying, oh, well, give it to Graham Jones, but I don't think Graham Jones wants to be a manager. He's a coach, not a manager, so I just don't think that would be fair on him. So to be honest, I think, like you said, we're just stuck with him. We've got to accept that and make the best of it, because nothing's going to change and just rely on the fact that obviously Graham Jones is going to be there to sort the tactics out and just hope like we can stay up and there's no more fallouts like last season because that was what caused the problems for me when there's all the upset off the pitch. Yeah, I would agree. It's uh, look, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next over the next couple of months. The start of the season's imperative. That will dictate how people respond to Bruce. And I think um, you know, from from our perspective, we've just got to wait and see. But we will cover it on NUFC matters, of course. And Nathan says, when we did the shows earlier in the season, I poured cold water on the notion that Bruce was a good man manager. Look how it's panned out. How many players has he gone on to alienate? Which is uh, which is very true, mate. And uh, Trolls, uh, good evening, says, Wilson gave us full info on what Bruce is like as a manager. Of course, we did hear from Graham Jones when he came to Newcastle. And um, I remember that line about healing the rifts, I think he said as well, which uh, I think went a long way to just, you know, describing what had happened, certainly with uh, the Longstaffs in that period. Uh, Jeff says, have we got a Graham Jones song? No. Um, don't ask me to make them up. Um, but I'm sure there'll be lots of people who've got them. Tom seems to be a bit of a... Tom Lynch seems to be quite good with songs. And uh, the Premier League's Corrupt took off at the weekend. Uh, not quite the one that Tom had come up with, but uh, you never you never know. Um, what are our thoughts on St Maximin's mystery illness? Um, you would put money on it being COVID, I think. Um, again, you know, people have relapses, etc. But... Uh, yeah, I don't think it's anything to do with um, him, you know, wanting to leave the club or anything like that. I think it's clearly an illness. Um, I doubt we'll ever hear what it is unless he comes out and says this is what it is. But um, you know, the the press, uh, I'm sure, have asked the question. But you're not allowed to divulge people's medical records when uh, you know when you're asking those kinds of questions. So it'll be up to him to say what he's got if, if indeed he wants to do that. Uh, Kenny Ranson, good evening. He says, what do you both think of the new reports that Hoffman may be involved in money laundering? Um, yeah, Monzo. Uh, my mate's got a Monzo account. Uh, doesn't use it to keep all his money in. He just uses it to transfer a little bit in, I think. And when we go out for a meal or a beer, he, I know he uses that card to save taking his main card out. Um, but yeah, I've seen the reports about that. And 
wow, I mean, you know, it's just more evidence. It's another, you feel like it's another silver bullet. And I mean, I've made my point quite clear. I'm I'm putting our takeover at the back of my mind now. I, I just genuinely can't see how, you know, how we can progress. But again, doesn't surprise me to see Hoffman in the news for the wrong reasons again, Holly. Not surprising at all. It just kind of shows the corruption that goes on. That they're just very, very dodgy people that abuse their position of power. And that can only be a positive thing for us because we want to prove that, you know, the Premier League aren't really fit and proper. Um and if he ends up like being guilty with that, then I think that'll obviously help us out massively in this situation. But it's just, you couldn't write it. Honestly, there's another twist and another turn in the whole Premier League thing. And it just feels like it's going to go on forever. It literally feels like a reality TV show at this point. And I just hope that we can like just get some sort of answer for us. I think we do need to put it to the back of our minds for now. But you see news like that come out and you think, how are they allowed to just get away with everything that they're getting away with? It's honestly a joke. And you're, just, you're looking for someone, i.e. the government, to come in and intervene. But it's clear that they're not going to do that, which is probably the most frustrating part for me. But yeah, you've just got to everything, let everything go on in the background, things like that. You think, yeah, well, that can help us out, but just ultimately kind of leave it to the legal because it's out of our control at the moment. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, from, from our perspective, we, we don't know too much about that. Obviously, it's an allegation at the moment with Monzo. But, uh, but yeah, when you hear stuff like that, it's, uh, you know, it just raises your eyebrows again. And, um, you know, from, from our perspective, it's, uh, it's just so sad to hear that that's, you know, you know, just just the takeover, I guess, Holly. First time we've spoken since last Monday, but it's you know, it's just it, uh, disheartening, isn't it? That you know, things keep getting put back and put back. And I think most people, you know, now are just put it at the back of your mind. If it happens, it happens. Are you in the same place? Yeah, you've got to be at this point now because all you're doing is when you're trying to like constantly keep up with news and get updates. It literally just like puts you in a bad mood because it's so frustrating because nothing's happening you, you can't do anything about it and obviously it's all confidential the Premier League won't release any information everyone's seeing no comments so you're literally just kept in the dark and we have been for a long time now so it's best to just let people crack on do what they need to do in the background then if we get some news and the takeover goes through that'll be brilliant but at the same time I think a lot of fans need to get into their head that and, and this isn't me being negative and obviously like I said I don't know anything but you know if it doesn't happen then at least we won't get as disheartened by it because we won't be as fixated on it and just try to make the best of the upcoming season which I know is hard because it's so grim to look forward to. Yeah it is I mean people are talking about protests again West Ham game has been mentioned I mean obviously nothing where you know in particular that the were involved in this time round obviously we went down to london with uh, with uh, others a few weeks back but um yeah i mean i've seen it publicly put out there on twitter I, I, you know i gave i gave it a retweet it sounds like another peaceful protest being planned by tune for change and and others um but yeah i mean home protests for me um don't seem to pick up the same kind of momentum and i'm not sure why um maybe it's down to the fact that a lot of people choose twitter as a as a as an option to promote these things and feel as if you know there's going to be lots of people do it when they go out on twitter and do that but that's not the case i've i've said this for a long time and i'm a stalwart with with these things against the club and and have done things you know over the years you've got to do the groundwork you know and if you're going to do a protest you need to you need to first do it properly and, and professionally and, and and you know contact the council contact the police and you know make sure people are aware of that um the, you know the club so the club can obviously prepare as well for, for that but then on top of that it needs you know it needs fans to be notified and i keep saying this and the, the people on twitter um on are such a small reflection of the fan base there's you know, 52,000 fans who go to the game aren't on Twitter. Not everyone's on Twitter. Older generation aren't on Twitter. You've got to you've got to leaflet these people. You've got to go to social clubs and bars, probably places that you wouldn't even drink in yourself. Um, you've got to get on the radio. You've got to get on TV. You've got to get in the newspapers. You've got to build up momentum uh, and get people behind it, you know. In, in the cases of a lot of things, maybe you can get a website because some people will be on the internet, but they won't be on social media. Um, it's it's a lot of hard work, and you know there's no quick fix and no easy way of organising a protest. And um, I saw that you know again, and I thought another protest. And if I'm thinking that somebody who a wants the takeover and b you know would like Ashley out the club, 
would like to see a takeover bring us a lot of money to spend, not just on the team, but also on the ground, but also a new manager. Um, you know, for me, I just feel, you know, it, it's almost, for want of a better expression, pissing in the wind. Because, you know, it, you're going to end up with a situation where, you know, a minimum amount of people will protest and it just dies to death. And this part of me feels singing against Ashley's no good. We've been down that road before. I've been involved in protests against Ashley before. He says he wants to sell the club. And he seems to have been making big efforts to do that. But then the flip side of it is, well, you know, if we're saying get out of our club and, and protesting, well, you know, he is trying to get he is trying to get out of the club. It's a difficult one. It, it, this is the most difficult period, I think, for any Newcastle fans, certainly older ones who've been here, you know, been there, done and got the t-shirt with protests. Um, for the younger generation, I feel it's probably, you know, they're starting to feel it now. You know, they've they've only ever those people who've only known, like yourself, who only ever known the Ashley era. You know, they you know they feel enough is enough. We need. You know, we need we need we need to do this. So I, I'm not I'm never going to discourage things, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to encourage it. I'm I'm happy to support on you know with a retweet and stuff. But you know, this is this is, seems to be like a, a new a new group who are keen to get out there and do something. It's what's your thoughts? I mean, you're you're a different, completely different generation to me, Holly. What's your thoughts? I think even in my lifetime, there's been countless protests, especially at home. You've seen them kind of in the Leasel stand, like where the Milburn um, stand is as well. You've seen them on Barrack Road, um, outside the Strawberry Pub. There's been many, many home protests and they all seem to gather very little kind of attention. You'll see a few people before the game that'll be chanting and stuff, but it just doesn't gather the type of weight that you'd need because ideally... You'd probably want at least half of the capacity of St James's Park at a home protest, which could be done with the right planning, but it's just really difficult to do that. Um, and I think the problem that we've got at the moment is people are kind of confused about what we're even protesting against anymore because we had obviously the Ashley Out protests, which have gone on for years and years and years. That's not really what we're doing anymore, but some people still try to bring that into it. Um, it's really pointless protesting against Ashley because, yes, we should be on his back because we need money, we need to make signings because he's putting us in a damaging situation. But saying get out of our club, he's he's trying to get out and he's trapped, unfortunately, um, for him and us. It's just a mess, a really big mess. Um, so obviously we need to get on the Premier League's back, but then it's St James's Park. Is it really going to get any attention? Um, it's it's just it's one of them where you just think you don't know what to do for the best, and I think anyone that's trying to do something for the future of the club deserves some recognition for that. They deserve some praise for that, and and I hope it does go well, and I hope they do get some attention. But with the situation we're in now, I just think in terms of the takeover, um, no matter kind of what we do, we've just got to wait till the cat case starts running, and then we can see how that goes before we protest any further. But at the moment, I just I don't think. There's a great deal of point in it. Um, and I can I can totally understand the frustrations because we're so close yet so far and we constantly get like put further and further back. And it, it is a nightmare for Newcastle fans. It really, really is. But just I hope it does go well. Um, I think from my perspective, the best thing to probably do is um, not like anything crazy like pitch invasions and stuff like that, but to sing anti-Premier League um, chants in the ground, especially when we've got the games on the likes of Sky Sports because that would they'd have no choice but to cover that because it would be heard in the background of the game. So I think that's maybe the best way to go about it. Yeah, I mean, any any suggestion of, of doing that, pitch invasions, etc., it's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. For starters, anyone who thinks about doing that, you're going to get your season ticket taken off. You're going to get arrested. You know, you could get a criminal record. Um, you could get banned from St. James's Park for life, which, you know... <laughs> I guess with the way things are at the moment, some people would, you know, mockingly go, "Well, that's great," but it's not fun. Um, it's not. It's not something you would want to do. Certainly not something we would endorse. So, you know, let's hope that the, you know, you know, the people who do do this, not against protest, but please, you know, don't, you know, don't think about doing anything stupid because it doesn't just reflect badly on you. It reflects badly on the whole fan base. And um, I know some people would say dressing up as a vicar did, but that's not violent. That's, you know, that's people's opinion about, you know, doing that. Um, but if something like that's going to annoy people, imagine what, you know, people running on the pitch did. It's, it's not the 1980s. 
in, in late nineties, uh, early nineties, which we saw, you know, pitch invasions and stuff. And you know, at the end of every season, people used to run on run on the pitch. It's you know, it's a different era now, and um, we don't need to see that. So there are plenty of ways that you can make your points, you know, loud and clear, and um, you know, just. You know, just have a think about it if that if that is going to anybody's mind. Uh, Keith says my suspicion is Solskjaer's the same as Bruce Clueless, uh, but has good coaches uh, who manage the team. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, Jeff as well. He says uh, the horror scenario is that Jones does the formation uh, and tactics, but Bruce picks the players. Interesting. Alan says Stephen Ali, Bruce on one million a year, Rafa on six million a year. Uh, Ashley won by 8 million. If you believe Ashley paid Sheffield Wednesday a 3 million, win win Ashley. Uh, the only person who wins in all of this scenario is is Mike Ashley, I'm afraid. Uh, you are right. Uh, lock Steve Bruce in his office, says uh, Jeff. <laughs> bit, uh, bit radical, but um, I see where you're coming from. Uh, Richard says, Why don't we just sell Gale? He never hardly has a start. We could get £10 million for him towards another striker. Yeah, I mean, Holly, we did discuss this on. Um, uh, Friday night, didn't we? You know, I mean, Dwight Gale's song, uh, Dwight Gale always score goals. I mean, we were saying it should be changed to Dwight Gale never scores goals because it is true. I mean, he doesn't play many games uh, and those games he does, he, he a lot of times he doesn't seem too interested, does he? No, he doesn't. I don't think he's got a future at the club. I don't think he has done really since the 17-18 season when we first came back up from the championship. Um because he's just a championship striker, he's a great championship striker, but there's such a big difference between the championship and the Premier League that he just can't cut it, even at the bottom, even in a relegation kind of set. Well, granted, it's hard for any striker on Newcastle side, to be fair, because they don't get the service. And like you see even top quality strikers that probably wouldn't get a great deal of goals on this side because it is really, really hard with the type of football we play. And we're so defensive. We're hot. Most of the time we're playing in the middle of the park. We never actually get in the opposition's box. So it is hard for Dwight Gill and I'm not going to knock that, but he's, he's just, he's not good enough for this club. Um, and obviously I think we should have maybe sold him to West Brom, but then we were asking too much money. I'd be willing to just kind of take a little bit less and get him gone because we've got no money to work with at the moment. We're the only club that hasn't signed anyone and we need signings. So even if you got like 10 million, like was mentioned in the comments, then I'd be more than happy with that. And he'd be, it would be put more to use um, because Dwight Gale's just going to sit on the bench and not really do a great deal. I could understand why the club gave him a new contract because at that point it looked like we may have been going down. Of course, that'd be a great person to have on the side um, if we did go to the championship to get back up. But he, he got given a long-term contract again. He should have only had a year maximum. So now we're kind of stuck with him and I, I don't see anyone that's going to want to sign him. So maybe even if we could loan him out just to get him off the wage bill. Yeah, good idea. Uh, be interesting to see what happens with him. Big shout out to our sponsor, Spider VPN. Google Spider VPN. They come up at the top of your Google search uh, for all your internet security, protect your passwords, your photographs, everything on your computer uh, at home. Google Spider VPN. They are the boys to trust. Skipsandbins.com as well, another main sponsor. All of these guys staying on for another month. Thank you very much. Telephone 0800 25 45 253. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay as you go waste collection. Somebody said I shouldn't say www. But I enjoy saying it. Uh, also, a big shout out to qtechshop.co.uk. Uh, John, get well soon, lad. Uh, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End in Newcastle. And of course, the guy who runs our website. Uh, he's been doing it from his hospital bed with COVID. But uh, thanks for that, John. NUFCMatters.com. Plenty of t shirts. Up for grabs, including our very, very new range, uh, which of course includes the Ryan Taylor over the wall t shirt and of course the London's Colin selection with the likes of Bobby Lee and uh, Les Ferdinand on just £15 in package and postage. And if you're a fan of the Fab Four, uh, you can also get a uh, Fab Four hoodie and t shirt as well uh, from nufcmatters.com. Also, a big shout out to uh, John from Jab Signature, the man who does all of our posters and flyers big shout out to you john thanks for everything you've done first time visitor to the channel please subscribe hit the newcastle legends logo in the bottom right hand corner and that's it you can subscribe for free we still do seven shows a week and of course there is other con content on the channel a great interview with uh, kelly maloney 
the boxing manager and promoter. Uh, of course, the manager of uh, Lennox Lewis back in the day. Um, and uh, great interview with Kelly. If you want to find that, just uh, type in Kelly Maloney in the playlist. Hit the thumb up to like the video. And uh, that does us a big favour. Click share, share your social media. And drop into the comments to talk to like-minded Newcastle United fans. Always a good banter in the chat. And if you want to ask a question, we'll try and get to your question at some point. The Food Bank Bucket is still in operation as well. NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk. It's a virtual bucket. Uh, drop yourself into there uh, and uh, put in whatever you can afford. And you can still enter into the raffle because uh, that watch is up for grabs. It is a one-off, lovely watch. And uh, once the pool night is uh, re, uh, rearranged, uh, you will possibly win that watch. Uh, we will keep you up to date on that. And uh, Christmas due, there will be an announcement on Friday about that. Um, we'll let you know as soon as I have the details, but uh, that will be coming up very soon. I know a lot of you eagerly anticipating that. We are looking to do it in September. Uh, because, of course, we'll have our own Christmas due this year. So this is actually last year's Christmas due. So dig your Christmas jumpers out, and uh, we will be announcing when we're doing it at the Irish Centre. We're going to have to replace Lee Clark, though, because Lee looks as if he's going to have a new job and uh, not be coming home. So uh, we will persevere, uh, still have the Christmas due, but there will be another Newcastle United former player attendant. Uh, so we'll announce that on Friday. Events coming up, of course, me and Super Mac. August the 19th at the Farmhouse Kitchen. Tickets still on sale from uh, those guys, £10. And uh, if you want to come and see me and Liam Kennedy uh, this week, uh, you still got time to buy tickets from www.bobix.com. I think there's plenty of people from uh, the NUFC Matters fan base coming along. So get yourself along to meet me and Liam. All proceeds are, of course, in aid of Newcastle's Food Bank. And some boxing fans out there might have seen on my social media, finally announced this one, Eubank and Ben uh, together for the first time on stage, uh, fought each other in the ring, of course, but the best of British, Eubank and Ben, October the 17th, which is a Sunday, 12 noon at the Lancastrian Suite. Uh, tickets are on sale now at www.newcastlelegends.com. And uh, looking forward to that one as well. Okay, uh, let's talk strips. And we've we've discussed the home strip on uh, previous shows, Holly. But we haven't talked about the new away strip because it's only just been announced. So um, what did you make of that when you saw it? We saw a couple of people wearing them at the match on uh, on Friday night. What's, what's your take on that? When I first saw the rumoured kits, which was quite similar to that one, it did look like plain, like there was no like stripey pattern on, and I preferred it plain. So I'm not sure what I make of the kind of stripey pattern. It's a bit odd. It's a bit like a zebra pattern, so I don't know if that was supposed to link up with the takeover and didn't happen. But, um, yeah, I do like it, but loads of people are saying I absolutely love it. I don't think I'm going to get it, to be honest. Um, it's, it's all right, but I don't know. I, I like the colour on it, but um, it's just the pattern. I don't know. Maybe it's one of them ones that will grow on us because there's a lot of shirts like that where I look at them first and I think, nah, I don't like that. But a couple of months down the line, I might like it. What do you think of it? I don't mind it. Um, you know, I've, I've almost been, you know, phased out of buying tops. And that's not an age thing. It's just having, like, the having like, the styles, having, like, the colours, having, like, the, the actual shirts themselves. I've got to be honest, I, I do quite like this range. I like the colour. I think it's nice. Um, I agree on the whole pattern thing, but that's just standard now. But yeah, I like black. Any any black strip and any grey strips, silver strips, I think are, are perfect for a Newcastle away top. So yeah, look, I, I give them both 7 out of 10, the home and the away. Um, I think, you know, with the sponsors, you know, I think a lot of people think that the sponsor would be better and the maybe they would like it more. But yeah, look, it's it's open to, uh, it's open everybody's personal opinion. Like, But um, I've seen worse. Let's just put it uh, that way. Uh, Marty says, uh, Steve, can you tell me, do you need to be double jabbed to get into St. James's Park? Uh, not due my next one for two months. No, uh, you don't, but obviously don't rule out the government changing things. There was talk of a COVID passport and, uh, you know, essentially, you know, you haven't approved that you'd had two jabs. But at this moment in time, the answer is no. Um, you do not have to do that. So, uh, um, you know, just keep keep a check, I guess, on what the uh, on what the club announced. Uh, Keith says he fears another season of struggle. I think uh, most of us do. Yano says he'd like to see Gale used in swap with Fulham or West Brom. Both of those teams have players that would improve us. 
Um, yeah, it was quite interesting because um, the retro show that we do on a Wednesday, um, this week we're doing a combined one of uh, Swansea and Cardiff. And as regular viewers will know, and those who watch the retro show, what we tend to do with the guys is we always pick players who've played for both teams. And it was quite amazing, Holly, from uh, my perspective to see how many players would actually picked up from Swansea in recent times. Um, you know, and I, I think that shows, you know, a lot about Ashley's business, um, you know, that some of these players were probably, you know, at the peak when they were playing for Swansea in the championship and then when they got promoted. But, you know, they ended up at Newcastle and that's just, it's crazy, isn't it? When you think about where we were, you know, back in the 90s, you know, Newcastle United, top of the Premier League, signing, you know, the best players from around Europe and in the UK, signing Shearer. It's 25 years ago since we signed Alan Shearer for a record 15 million. Then we're signing Tino Aspria, one of the best players from Colombia. Then we're signing David Ginola, one of the precocious talents from, you know, from, from France. Whereas, you know, in more recent times, we're left scraping the barrel, taking Swansea's reject. Yeah, we are. Well, that's the sad thing is I wouldn't even have a problem with us like taking players from those teams that are around us, but we actually don't even do that anymore. We target players that are either in the division below us or that are worse than us in the Premier League. Um, and I think that's the market that we kind of are shopping in, the championship kind of market, especially with Steve Bruce, because that's the type of players that he does like. You know, he likes bringing back players that he had at one of his championship clubs years ago, or we'll bring back an ex-Newcastle player that played for us and was good about 10 years ago. It's just, um, it's not the best model by any kind of stretch of the imagination. Um, it, but that that's kind of all we've got to put up with. So I'd rather us just go for loans because I've said this many a time, I don't want us to sign these cheap players that end up just kind of sitting on the bench, not really doing anything, blocking up the squad numbers, blocking up the wage bill and just kind of just just sitting on the bench and never getting a game because it's just a waste of time. So I'd rather get loans and loans you can either work out or they can't. We've had some fantastic loans, certainly in recent times. We've also had some poor ones, but... Um, that's certainly the, the type of market I'd be shopping in. And I think the best place for us to look is abroad, personally, because you do tend to get cheaper um, players abroad that'll fit our wage bill. Yeah, uh, lots of people talking about potential protests and um, stopping the football we get action. Dennis, it's I, I just can't see that working at all. It'll just get us fined. Um, do we need to be losing? Yeah, and you can guarantee, you know, if that kind of thing happens... Newcastle will lose points, you know. If it was the big six, they wouldn't. It would be a it would be a fine, a pitiful fine. We've already seen what the you know what what pitiful fine they got when they they tried to leave the league and, and join the European Super League. But um, guarantee if it was Newcastle, it would be would be deducted did, ten points or something, you know. So nothing, something we could endorse. Surely not. And uh, I'd like to think most Newcastle fans would be the same. But he says I can feel a new T-shirt soon. Retro eighties. Holly says relax. <laughs> Very good. Funko Freddy says, Howdy chaps, nice to see money laundering being mentioned yesterday. Oh, how the Premier League never seems to run out of surprises and those connected with it, Funko, I guess. Uh, Darren Cowan says, Don't think it's right, but only way to get noticed is the way Chelsea fans did after the ESL saga. Blocked the bus and game was delayed. Again, I don't think it's right. Yeah, Darren, same same mindset as me. I, I know where, you, where you're coming from. Chris says, Hate to say it, but we're stuck with Ashley. I'm on the edge of supporting a non-league club, giving them my money. The only one winning here is Ashley. He's got £70 million deposit and he's not spending it. Uh, again, I can't argue with that. Blue Moon Boy, Bruce's hands are tied. As for every manager who worked under Ashley, but a better manager could get more out of the squad, especially with Jones' assistant. Bruce also has a habit of saying the wrong things. He does, doesn't he, Holly? Yeah, I've never known a manager be so bad with words, especially in interviews and stuff like that. You think, it's honestly, you switch it on, you think, oh, what's he going to say this week to embarrass himself? Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff that he comes out with is, is just crazy, you know. I mean, I heard that interview that he did the other night where he was laughing at the fact that we'd started off slow, you know, against Rotherham. And I'm thinking there's nothing even funny about that, you know. But it's mm -hmm. so it could be nerves. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's just bizarre, you know. It, it, it just If you've not got anything sensible to say, don't say anything at all. It's, it's probably the best way. But it's too late to teach him. He's been in the game over 20 years, as he keeps telling everybody. Keith Longworth says, is it right that Gale has been given a three-year contract? Yes, it is. Um, why? Nobody knows. Bede says, reports today we've had a £10 million bid for Marseille midfielder Bubakar Diara. Again, Bede, um, we go down this road every pre-season under Ashley. We get linked with everybody. The player we all want, Willock, I guess, and that seems to be getting further and further away. Steve Bruce is already trying to 
uh, dampen fans' expectations in press conferences and, and interviews by saying, you know, we can't wait forever. We can't, obviously. But Willock was involved last night as well, or yesterday for Arsenal, I believe. So, um, you know, that is, you know, that is a problem. Yano says we're not going to sign anyone until we have an answer on Willock. Uh, yeah, I would agree. And I, I guess there's a game of bartering going on between the two. I think if Woodman had been uh, available to go, maybe that would have been the bartering tool. But the fact that we've got a, a goalkeeping issue means that, you know, we, we, we can't we can't barter with a, another player. And that, that's an issue because that's a player that Arsenal want. Rachel says, has anyone who emailed Tracy Couch, uh, well, the Faber-led review, received an email from Department of Digital Culture, Media and Sport? I got one today. Same old, nothing to do with them coming. Yeah, I've seen a few... Uh, kicking about, uh, kicking about on the internet. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, maybe it's just a standard reply. Uh, keeping some holidays back for the Christmas, do Julie? Yeah, I mean, um, we're definitely going to be in September. I'm just going to clarify what date uh, we're going to do it. But look, 100, percent we will be doing it. Dave Avery says the away shirt, and this is something which I've seen on numerous occasions on a dead planet by Joint Division, which is uh, yeah, an album cover. Uh, we'll, we'll probably uh, cover that on the on the Fab Four on uh, on Friday. But um, yeah, I've heard I've seen that comparison. Tom Lynch says away shirt is far superior to the home one, which is rotten. Would you agree, Holly? I prefer the home one, but I always do because they normally do crazy designs for the aways and the thirds, whereas I just like your classic black and white stripes. Yeah, uh, lots of people like the away shirt. Uh, at least there's not a four on the front, uh, says Lily. Uh, how is our away top £65? Yet Wolves, who are also sponsored by Astoria, charge £50. That's it again. Uh, yeah, I don't know is the answer to that, Holly, but it's, it, it is a bit unfair, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think we've got one of the best kind of shirt sales, maybe not so much in the past few years, but certainly over the past like kind of 10 years, we've probably got one of the best shirt sales so they can get away with charging more, unfortunately. It's not fair, but that's what they do. Alan suggests we all dress up as Arabs. Um, I've gone down the Vicar Road. If I dress up as an Arab, I'm sure I'll get I'll get absolutely hammered. Alan, you might want to lead this one. Uh, sure, the Premier League. We want this takeover now. Quiet protest, Stephen Holly. It'll get worldwide attention. Alan, I'm certainly not uh, you know disagreeing with your idea, mate. It, it, you know things like that do get attention, but we also get a lot of flack. Um, you know, but you know everyone's open. Everyone can put in suggestions, and maybe that's one to chuck. Uh, the, the protesters way. I think it would look better with gold name and numbers on the back, not white, says Yano, um, about the strip, which is uh, fair enough. NUFC are shopping in the relegation aisle, uh, says Jeff. Again, kind of disagree with you. John Brown says, let's be honest, we've struggled pretty much every season and been in some sort of relegation battle since Ashley took over. So why are people worried again this season? Surely you're used to it now. We are used to it, aren't we, Holly? But should we should we be should we be getting used to it? I mean, is it something where you know we should just think, oh well, this is us, this is our lot? Would hope not. Absolutely not. And people say that, especially about kind of the slightly older generation. They're like, well, oh, they're living in the nineties and stuff like that. But that's not the case for me, clearly, because I wasn't actually around in the nineties, um, and I just don't think it's acceptable whatsoever. Because you look at Newcastle, it doesn't take a genius. You know, you come for one visit, you look around the type of support we have and and you look into the history a bit and you just think there's no way we should be floating around the bottom end of the Premier League and worrying about relegation every season. It's an absolute farce. It's not on. And yes, we have to worry about this every season, but every season it gets more and more of a worry because you can't carry on like this forever. You can't stay up forever by not investing and the players not coming up to scratch. It just it won't work. And there will come a day if we carry on like this where we will go down and we won't come back up. And I've said this for a long time. Yeah, John says in his opinion, just do the deal. Some of the consequences. What's the worst can happen? Relegation. According to most fans, that's a given already. At least we'll get media coverage this way. You're talking about the takeover, of course, but um, unfortunately, uh, I don't think that's something the PIF would do. They want to come in. They want to come in the front door, want to wave the flags and say they bought the club and I think any other way is just a, a non-starter. But um, look, we'll wait and see what happens in September, in the September um, you know, hopefully something could be resurrected, but I'm not uh, I'm not putting any money on that. Life Goals says, hi, Holly. Hi, Steve. You're both full of wisdom. I heard on the grapevine that Villa are hoping to sign Ward, Prowse and Cantwell. Shows their ambition. Yeah, there are teams spending money. I think that's probably the, the one thing we picked up on the terraces, that people are, people are just sick, aren't they, that everybody else is buying and we're not, Holly. 
Yeah, well, this is the thing. You look around at all these teams and they're spending money and we've got more money than some of the teams that are spending and yet we can't do anything. And we're not asking a great deal because I guarantee you if we signed Willock and maybe got a couple of loans in, everyone would be happy. Even if we just got Willock, I think people would be complaining a hell of a lot less. And we're not asking, you know, people say we're like unrealistic and stuff like this, but we just literally asking for like one signing and a few loans. It's not a great deal to ask of and it's certainly not out of the realms of possibility. No, definitely not. Tom, uh, Steve, is the pool event still going ahead? No, it's not, mate. Uh, there was an announcement made uh, by Steve Hasty on social media yesterday. Uh, I'm pretty sure that anyone who was shown an interest in coming knows that John is is in hospital and it's John who is organising it and running the event. So, um, no, it's not. There will be a new date announced in due course, though. So, uh, please spread the word. The pool competition is not happening this week. The 24-hour pool night is not happening for the food bank. It is going to be rearranged. And I'm pretty sure that the food bank will be putting something out as well. But I will tell Steve Hasty to do it again, just in case anyone has missed uh, that news and information. Richard Morris says, can Sean Longstaff find some form and establish himself once again? What have you made of him in the pre-season, Holly? I think he's been fairly average. I don't think he's been anything special and against the calibre of teams that they're playing, if he looks average then, then I think that kind of just shows where he's about. I don't think he's been horrendous, but I just think he's someone that he's all right to bring off the bench. Um, I wouldn't see him starting games personally. And I just think he had a real chance to be a good player when he first came into the side. He looked very promising. He got that injury and I just don't think he's really been the same player again. I don't think he's got the type of confidence and I don't think he's one of the favourites of Steve Bruce's, which keeps him out the side. I'm laughing at that from Billy Gaddis. Uh, we could all dress up as Muppets because that's how Ashley sees us, Steve. Billy, that's a classic. In fact, if you tweeted that, that could have been Twitter of the week, mate. Uh, you wasted that in here. But thanks for making us laugh. It's nice to have a, a laugh on this show, even if it is our own expense. Beat says, why don't we all wear masters masks and protest in favour of the takeover on Sky Sports? That would get the recognition it deserves. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, things like that are, you know, if you could get more people to do it, um, that's something you could do on TV, no doubt about it. Um, what else? Problem is that the opposition are not standing still, just with regards to uh, this coming season. Life goes as trying to force Arsenal to take the Bravka in exchange for Willock. He's on the decline and becoming injury prone. Two very good English keepers at the club. Woodman, number one, offer a five-year deal. Wow, that's controversial, life goes. Um, I would keep the Bravka. Um, I'm not sure that Woodman's committed to Newcastle. I hope I'm wrong. I don't think he particularly has much time for the, the manager or head coach, Steve Bruce. Yeah. Um, I would keep Dubravka, I'm afraid. Uh, I would get rid of Woodman. What about you, Holly? Yeah, I totally disagree with Life Goals' comments. I mean, Dubravka's my favourite player at the club because I think he does so much work in terms of not even just, you know, saving all the goals that he's actually paid to do, but just keeping the team organised, getting on people's backs. You see him constantly shouting out orders and he just, he fits in really, really well with that team. I think he's the one player that you can always rely on to like put a good shift in. And the amount of times he saved us, we probably would have been relegated before if it wasn't to Martin Dubravka. So, and I, yes, he's got a couple of injuries lately, but I, I still think he's an outstanding goalkeeper and I'd certainly be keeping him as number one. Yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing him back in goal, I've got to be honest. Uh, let Stephen Holly manage Newcastle for a season, says John Morton. Um, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Uh, hello, Stephen Holly. Sorry to say this, but it's time to move on from Willock. There's no point in getting another loan with an option to buy him. Um, it, it is dragging on, isn't it, Holly? But I, again, I've said from day one, the transfer window, this transfer window, won't really start hopping up until... You know, until the big players start moving, the Canes and the Grealishes, and then money gets money gets spread out. You know, amongst you know the the big guns, and and then it starts to move. And I think we've already discussed on on the Fab Four as well. Steve Hasty in particular has said that you know, different accounting month. You don't have to pay the players. Our business doesn't start till August, and we've heard Steve Bruce say the same. You know that well. You know we have to wait until the big boys do the business. Yeah, we have done. And Newcastle's always a side that does their business last minute. We like doing stuff on deadline day as well. So I think there's a chance he could come in last minute. But like you say, it does seem less and less likely to happen the more it drags out. Yeah. Uh, Tom says, do you think Matty Longstaff should be given a chance this season, Holly? 
Yeah, I'd like to see him given a chance. I think he came into the side, he made an instant impact. Unfortunately, I think he's had a fallout with Bruce and various other people by the sounds of it, um, which kept him out of the side. But the midfields, like I've constantly said, is somewhere where we lack quality massively. And I don't think there's anyone better than Matty Longstaff, to be honest, which is like horrendous when you think of it. But I'd love to see him give, given a go and do well. And it's another local player. And I'm a big fan of having local players on the side because I think when it comes down to it and when the relegation battle, those are the players that step up. Alan Thompson says it's been devastating here that Steve Bruce has got a rolling contract. Can the news get any worse? Luke Edwards says Bruce has still got three years forever until Ashley sacks him. I mean, yeah, that was strange, wasn't it? The contract rumours that he was going to get offered a new contract. But then it turns out he's just got a rolling contract. So he's here until Ashley gets shot of him. Yeah, it's certainly not what you want to hear, but... I wouldn't surprise us if he stayed on until the club gets sold because, like we've said, there's no one that's going to come in that's going to do a better job. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Masters, masks and uh, top psyops. What on earth is that, Jeff? I've got okay. no idea. Uh, wish this uh, with, with this club dragging on is a motto under Ashley. Yeah, I would agree. Where do you think Harry Kane will go? Man City for me, Tom. I can't see anybody else. Uh, coming close. I don't think he wants to go abroad. I think his intentions are quite clear. He wants to break, uh, break Alan Shearer's record in the Premier League, but he also wants to win something. Hence the reason he's leaving Tottenham. Uh, would you agree, Man City, Holly, or do you think he might end up somewhere else? Yeah, I think he'll go to Man City. I think he's been very, very kind of appalling not turning up to pre-season training and stuff, though, and just saying I'm not coming back. I think that shows a bit of like arrogance on his behalf. And I wasn't a fan of the way he acted there, but um, hopefully he goes to Man City and then he's more happy. Yeah, I know that's a bit cruel. Dubravka, Newcastle's top scorer at the Euros. Dave Harrison says, I doubt we will make any signings. God, I hope you're wrong, Dave, and I hope you've had a good week at the archery. Uh, watched a little bit of that on the Olympics as well. Richard Morris, Joe Linton looked like a new signing Friday night. I did say that, but then I've got to remember we were playing Burton. Um, well, he, he, look, he, he put himself about, didn't he? And obviously it was a bit cooler than it was at York, so he didn't go off with heat. You know, each stroke or whatever it was he went off with. <laughs> Mark Henderson says, the big downfall for Steve Bruce is he's not media savvy. Uh, where Rafa was, Rafa knew what he was doing. I mean, uh, yeah, he's not media savvy. We've talked about that a little bit earlier, didn't Marley? But he's, he isn't media savvy. No, he's not. I don't know what he does because he's not football savvy either. Yeah, Chris Down, we did cover that at the start of the programme. Uh, so if you're catching up, you'll probably be hearing that now. Mark Henderson says, looking forward to seeing you Thursday, Steve, even bringing the wife. I've got no luck. I'm Mark, looking forward to it, mate. Should be a cracking evening. Holly's going along as well. Uh, Steve Hasty will be there, so there'll be a few of us there looking forward to, to seeing you and uh, chewing the, the Newcastle United fact. Uh, Jeff says, military operations usually aimed at influencing the enemy's state of mind through non-combative means. Thanks for just seeing what you meant there. So that's with the master's masks on, Jeff. I've got you now. Life Goal says, but does the rolling deal uh, mean he can be sacked on a whim? Maybe Bruce is just the right manager for this awful time. Matches the club's mediocre ambitions. I mean, it's what we've said. We, we you know, we don't really know, um, you know, who on earth would take the club at this particular time. You need some kind of end on this, on this, on this takeover. And if it's not going to happen, we need to learn to live with each other. You either... Don't go until we get a new owner or you go and you go with a mindset of supporting the team and just hope for the best. I think that's that's where we're at now. Um, let's look at, I guess, let's look at what Kevin Phillips said today. Uh, you know, not that I pay particular attention to a former SMB, but he was saying that St. James's Park is not going to be the cauldron of hate um, and it'll be easier to play there uh, with less fans. I mean, has he got a point, Holly? Yeah, I think the fans being in St James's Park makes it a lot harder for the opposition. I think the 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 12th man sometimes on the pitch, you know, if we're like nil-nil and there's a few minutes left, the fans are normally the ones to get behind the players and then we end up scoring a late minute winner or something like that. They make a massive impact. And I think even when we had like the 45,000 or whatever a couple of seasons ago when um, the fans didn't show up, I think even that made a massive impact. It just it wasn't half the atmosphere as when we've got a full house. No, definitely not. Um, Martin says, bring back Adam Armstrong. Uh, get rid of Gale. Would you bring Adam Armstrong back? Again, we've talked about it on the show before. I don't think he's good enough. No, I don't want to bring back any ex-players and certainly not ones that don't have any Prem experience and they're just more championship players. Better than Gale, potentially. I, I just don't know. Um, but yeah, look, if he's fit and he's he's capable, I guess. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, you know, is 
he's going to be better than Gale. Obviously, Muto, I guess, who's, who's departing now. But, yeah. Mark says he's got the autograph frame now, Holly. Do you know what that is? Not a clue. All right, okay. <laughs> Thanks for lifting the spirits, guys, says John. Ah, John, come on, son. You can get out of that hospital, mate. You can do it. Uh, you're in the right place at, at the moment. Oh, it was great to hear from you today, uh, hearing that you were you know, on the mend slightly. So that's good news. Alan Thompson, when fans just expect rubbish bottom-off table and Ashley's won and brainwashed fans to believe in that is your lot. Ambition starts at the top. Alan, couldn't agree more. Um, you know, Mitch has talked about it on the Fab Four for, for weeks, for months. Even when it was the three amigos and even going back to Instagram when it was me and Mitch... Um, on a Friday he's told you that fans are being brainwashed you know we're being brainwashed into mediocrity by Mike Ashley and um, we've also been divided as a fan base by Mike Ashley so you know it, it's been a horrendous time to be a Newcastle United supporter Life Goal says Julian isn't a bad player he's technically good on the ball and with Wilson he looks decent uh, but he's so poor in front of goal tragically he's one of the only players with any quality on the ball Get Pedro and Jones in charge. That would be exciting, uh, says John, just as Alan. I, you know, I, I don't disagree. Uh, I just don't see Peter Beardsley ever being given a chance uh, at Newcastle. Certainly not under the owners where he, where he left the club. I'd love to see Peter back at the club. I think um, he's a club legend. Um, and, you know, I, I just think under this particular owner, that will not happen. John Brown says, Ashley isn't gone. Look for new owners until PIF are dead in the water. Once it is, we can then move on and see how serious he is about selling the club. Good point. Uh, are you going to receive new season tickets pre-West Ham? Yes, Roger. My understanding uh, is that we will be getting new season tickets. So uh, I would imagine they'll have the Castoria logo on as well, which is what tends to happen when you get uh, new strip sponsors. But as always, things are taking their time uh, from the uh, from the ticket office, I believe they're still pretty much on a skeleton staff up there. So, uh, you know, I would imagine that if you haven't got it by the time it comes to the weekend, maybe just give them a call on Monday. But of course, we've got Norwich uh, on Saturday. It might even be possible for you to move up to, you know, pop into the ticket office if you're up for that game on Saturday and, and, and just check. Uh, Trills, all we can do is get behind the players and tell Bruce what we mean about his managerial ways. Very polite. Do you think we have a good chance of beating West Ham on the first day of the season? Tough game, Holly, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to back us for a win. I think there's no reason why we can't. You've got to go in with the mentality that we can win. Otherwise, what's the point in even going? Yeah, Mark says, the thought of starting a season with Callum Wilson and Dwight Gale is scary as Wilson is injury prone. I don't think you play Dwight Gale. I think you play Hendrick and that's more scary for me. Dave Harrison says, at least the club are communicating with the fans, just like Charlie said. And uh, the autograph is from the trip down to London on the bus. Oh, so I signing autographs on the bus. Um, well, one person was like, oh... Can I have your autograph so I can sell it for loads of money? And I like I thought he was joking, but he's actually being serious. So I, I, I signed an autograph. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic, Lily. Yes, uh, dog and parrot. Twelve o'clock Saturday. Uh, that is the plan. Uh, hoping to get Malcolm uh, along to do a talking. Uh, obviously, it's a two o'clock kickoff, so twelve o'clock until uh, one thirty. Catches at the dog and parrot. I'll certainly be there, uh, and I'm hoping that Malcolm will be able to join us too. Uh, Sure, Steve Hasty, and that might pop in as well. But um, yeah, get yourself along to Dog and Parrot, 12 o'clock on uh, Saturday pre-match. Uh, on the 19th of July, Hoffman uh, knew about this Monzo. Uh, this is one reason the Premier League delayed arbitration of 22, uh, says Kirk. Um, not heard that, but thanks for the update. Uh, Keith says, thanks, Stephen Holly. Great show. Holly, who are your favourite, five favourite players you've ever seen play for the club? Says Life Goals. Um... Ben Arthur, CC, Denver Bar. Uh, I'm going to shoot, uh, throw Martin Dubravka in. And um, I'm probably going to go. I don't know. Fifth one's really hard. That was very on the spot. Um, I might go Colicini. I saw a bit of him. Okay. Oh, Good no, stuff. Gutierrez. I'm changing it to Gutierrez. Oh, well, we're still, still Argentinian. Uh, Alan Thompson, I hope Harry Kane gets stuck in the Spurs reserves, he says, uh, for four years, uh, so he doesn't beat Shearer's record. Now, that would be funny. 
And uh, Teoli says, Trolls, uh, chuck him one in, uh, in your favourite. We will be doing the Dream Team special with Holly and uh, George. That is the plan. So uh, keep uh, keep peeled. You've had a little taster there for free. But um, there will be a, a Dream Team special. And we thought we'd get our oldest contributor and our youngest contributor on the channel to uh, do their teams uh, on, a, on a joint show. So looking forward to uh, that. Holly, as always, the clock has beaten us. Uh, looking forward to seeing you on uh, Thursday night at the Liam Kennedy talking. But for now, Holly, uh, thanks very much. Take care and we'll see you next Monday. See you then. Bye. Gonna